Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Binds Us podcast. We are excited to have Jay Jagger on our podcast today. She is an artist, creative director, and visionary jeweler. She is the CEO and creative director of her eponymous jewelry brand, J. Jagger Fine Jewelry, and also an interior design firm, J. Jagger Design. She grew up between London and New York City and lives in London now. Thank you, Jade, so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me here on The Style That Binds Us. Well, there is a lot that I did not even mention. So do you want to start by walking us through your career path? Well, my career um, started as a painter. Um, When I left school, I wanted to become an artist and I became an artist and I did sort of decorative paintings and I had quite a few exhibitions in my 20s. I love to paint um, depictive scenes of my travels. And then I went on to do more botanical paintings that were with gold leaf and I used natural pigments. And so that's really where the segue was between my fine art and my fine jewelry. Oh my goodness. And then, so do you sell the artwork too? In fact, during lockdown, I have been painting more. So Oh, great. You know, it gives you that time to to do those things, I think. Right. Um, I'm hoping to sell a few of my paintings for Christmas and see how it goes. Oh, I want to spread myself quite thin between <laughs> renovating houses and doing the jewellery and being a mother. And as we all know, you know, it gets to the point where sometimes you realise that you're doing just too many things. Right. So tell us about studying painting in Florence and how this led to your creative career. In fact, I only went on a course to Florence, um, but I did find it incredibly inspiring the way they painted on the walls and the kind of pigments that they used and the, the way in which it was so decorated and, I mean, very religious. Mm-hmm. And it led me to calling my daughter Assisi after St. Francis of Assisi. Mm, wonderful all the paintings that were there by um an artist called giotto mm-hmm. gorgeous i know because i knew that you some of the paintings that i've seen i think maybe you started there for the jewelry designs but i'm really happy to hear that you've picked that back up i know i mean it's always been a more relaxing part because i guess it's just up to you it's not somebody else doing the production like making a piece of jewelry is obvious, you know, um, sourcing the stone or making curtains that you have to source the fabric. This is all sort of, you know, in-sourced as opposed to outsourced. But at the same time, it's quite hard to find that kind of quiet time to, to do the work, I think, in the end. Right. And everything that you do, you could consider art forms. So what is your favorite medium for art? I mean, I do love making jewellery. The manifestation of it mm-hmm. is quite wonderful. I mean, the fact that it's worth money is great sometimes and sometimes it's difficult because you don't want to make mistakes. So, And the value of gold keeps going up, so that's quite right. stressful for us. But I do think it's like the icing on the cake, I guess, of of life and I think it's you know treasured pieces I think it's 
it is an art form. I think it's been a sort of classic monetary kind of source. So a trading, you know, piece. And um, I like the idea that you can kind of feel like you can kind of wear your, you know, wear something and that it will be in your family or it will be so close to you. And it's really very personal, I guess. It's a, it's a very, it's a personal, it's a personal art form, isn't it? For, for the wearer and, and for the producer. Your pieces are, are artwork that you get to wear on your body and have with you when you go out into the world. You know, some people may never see the paintings if, you know, if it's in your home or someone's home, but when it's on your body, you know, you can travel the world and, it, and then, like you said, pass it down to children and, and grandchildren and whoever. Just, they're just spectacular pieces. So tell us a little bit more about Jay Jagger Fine Jewelry. I would say that um, my fine jewelry has got a very sculptural nature. It's very tactile in the sense that I'd like to see and feel all sides of it. And I think that I create things that have, have meant something to me through symbols and through significance and design that I hope that other people kind of see whatever they want to see in it. It's not prescriptive. I'm very inspired by the stones that I use and I love to hand carve them in unique ways that are, you know, sensitive to, you know, the design and it's all very bespoke in a way. You know, I think that I've, I've worked in different ways in jewelry, but now I feel that it's very much something that even though something might be repeated. And of course there are a few collections that are repeated. Um, it's very much about each piece being an individual piece. Absolutely. One of a kind, so many of them, and even if they're not, I know they're not probably a lot of them made. So it's something that, you know, when you invest in it, you won't be seeing it with the person, another person in the room with you or in a, in, you know, in a store. So that makes it. Our clients really like that part of it. Um, Absolutely. And I think that we work closely, you know, the clients are like our family. And I think that, you know, once you're sort of in that family, then, you know, we keep, you know, working with you and, and, you know, I, I listen to what people kind of like the most and, you know, it's, it's all part of the inspiration and, and, and the symbiosis of, of how we work together. Yes. Which makes it even more special. Yes, and today I was looking on Matches Fashion and was drooling, literally, every single piece. I mean, you could look at it for hours and keep discovering new details. So anyone that gets to have a piece of your jewelry is very, very lucky. So tell us about how the pieces are made. The pieces are mostly made in India. I've tried to work all around the world. and. Italy and I've worked I work in England as well and I do love the craftsmanship and the ancient techniques that do still exist there I mean the carving that we do there um, the stones come from all around the world and we do the carving there and that's you know that's kind of an amazing place to do that kind of craft I think that sadly you know we've started to use machines for everything in every different 
in every different sort of art form. So I think there it's still, it's still a holy thing to, to love your craft. I feel like I've heard that from a few designers too, that that's where they are really sourcing their fabrics and things because of the craft. Yes. I mean, it's, I, I started off doing beading as well. Ah, so I used to do fashion. I've done fashion. We did um, clothes and embroidery and stuff. I've always loved textiles. And I think that's, you know, where I started to, you know, also see about the work that you could do in India. So leading from that, what is it that inspires you? What inspires me is, is really, you know, nature and the world, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that you know, I've been inspired by cultures and I've been inspired by, you know, things that I've learned and and history, I guess. And also, you know, there's a huge inspiration from what you did before and how you feel about what you want to do next, if that makes any sense. So I always feel like it's like a rolling mirror. It's 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 an evolution of inspiration because you're inspired through the process of your learning and through the process of your experience. So each new experience creates, you know, that different interpretation of your, you know, inspiration. So, you know, if you, to put it more simply, if you've been loving pink, eventually you're going to move on. I, to <laughs> Right. I bet it, it goes across everything you do too. Like something you're doing for a client in interior design or something makes you think oh, that would be great in a, you know, a necklace or something like that, that pattern or whatever. I'm sure you're constantly um, having inspirational, you know, observations. Yes. Yes. Well, that leads perfectly into the next question, which is, do you think elements from your childhood appear in your jewelry and interior design? Everyone grows up and has these experiences and all these different perspectives. And then now you've been able to, you really get to see that come to life. What do you think you took from all of that and added it to what is appearing in your interior design and jewelry? Yes. I mean, definitely we have a disco ball collection. (laughs) And I think all sorts of iconic kind of imagery has been inspiring me through my kind of my collections um, whether it's been my times in mustique and, you know, more kind of natural organic forms and shapes. So island life and, you know, that sort of sense of freedom. I think that my South American roots and, and working recently now with kind of more Indian and, you know, indigenous Central and South American kind of cultural references and, and artistic kind of ideas I think obviously I did come from that pop culture with Andy Warhol and, and growing up in New York and those halcyon days of, of the seventies, I think definitely has quite a kind of punchy look to the way I want to express myself. It's not like shy and reserved. It's like a bit more, you know, it's a bit more confident. Yes. Glamorous and gorgeous. Yes. (laughs) Did you always know that you wanted to start your own company one day? Um, I don't know if I saw it as a company, I guess. I was always quite a little independent girl. And as I started off just doing art and then I think what happened with the art is I realized that there was, it was so, it was quite pretentious. I saw that in jewelry, I mean, we've been talking so much about this and sort of women power and, you know, I did see that there weren't many females in the jewelry industry and it was it was sort of something that I felt like was kind of weird that 
it was so dominated by men. Now I think you'll see that it's, you know, that it's different. But I think back then you didn't see so much rock and roll jewelry. I think it was, it was something that was, I was kind of breaking open some barriers along with other contemporaries, of course, but Mm -hmm. You know, I started nearly 20 years ago, so. Yes, and it's interesting that you say the art world is pretentious. We thought that as well, and then also the fashion world can be like that too. And so that was one of the things with the style that binds us, that since we are in the industry, we feel like we have the information and access, and we want to bring that to everyone because art and fashion should be for everyone, females Mm -hmm. included. So tell us more about your interior design firm. What led you to interior design and how did you develop your eye for interior design? Well, I'd less say I have an interior design firm. I worked with a company called You mm-hmm. doing design residential. We did a beautiful building in New York called The Jade. And I worked with my partner, Tom Bartlett, doing about eight buildings around the world or so. And then basically I've been renovating homes as well as doing the interiors. So very much taking a place and remodeling it. I love the experience of the architectural part of of interiors as well. Reshaping something, adapting it to new life, you know, modernizing it in the sense that you are saving it from disrepair. Then sometimes I find all the choices of how to decorate it more difficult. So I have worked in in interiors for people, but I guess I wouldn't say I had an interiors design firm. But I mean, that's not to say we're not open for for work. I mean, I've done, if you see on the design website, you know, I've worked in product design, working for Guerlain and Louis Vuitton, doing different sort of product stuff. So I've kind of, I guess you become, I don't think it's unusual to sort of become a designer of so many things now and, and, and across and across the years. So yeah. <laughs> because it's almost like you're known for your style, which can go from clothes to interior decorating to jewelry to renovating. You know, it's all would be, they would know that that would be the Jay Jagger look that they were interested in having, you know, from your point of view. So it makes perfect sense to me. But I also know that you are really taking on a lot. That's so much work just right there. It sounds really exciting, but totally renovating spaces must be, you know, really time consuming. So can you walk us through a day in your life? A day in my life? Well, <laughs> I have my six-year-old son, so every day starts with him. <laughs> and, uh, he's been getting cozier and cozier and the COVID goes down. <laughs> so he's usually in my bed by this time. and um yeah we get up early and we have like a nice little family time routine and we've got some new cats so they've been keeping us busy and then I guess you know on a school day after school I like to try and go and do something for myself because it's so hard to get that in later on so pilates or yoga or going for a run Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'm just so excited about, you know, work that I, I'm too lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I, I sort of separate each day into different sections. So like on Mondays, we normally do quite a lot of design work because it feels like the nicest thing to do on yourself. So yeah. we work through all the collections and look at what we're making. And, you know, I mean, 
obviously designing is like, you know, a fabulous moment of inspiration with pencil and paper, but in the end it becomes, you know, the, the logistics become the minutiae, the macro, the microcosms of, you know, each <laughs> part of it. So making sure those things happen, those, those embryos, you know, hatch, because sometimes they don't and they, they get lost in the like, you know, they get lost in the way and sometimes they go back and I find them. Right. But, um, and then, yeah, I mean, my team and I are quite close in the sense that we're just a few of us. So, you know, we'll eat lunch together and have a chat about what's going on. And I've been trying to get out of the house a little bit more and, you know, do whatever I can culturally. So to go and see something or... Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important not to sit at a computer or to try to, you know, overwork a day into the ground. So sort of keep your mind spurring. Yes. But I have to say my days differ so much depending on, you know, what's going on. And I'm quite fluid in that sense. But, you know, we, we work from home. And so that's been very lucky for us because our office is already at home. You know, so that's, you know, that's helped us out in COVID. We're grappling with getting everything online now, um, which obviously we were already doing. And, you know, I guess our clients weren't so much a part of the Instagram generation or they didn't have to lean on that because they'd wait for the time that we would present to them. But now we have to really, you know, pay more attention to all of this. So I guess we're just a, you know, we're an old generation new to this, new to taking this so seriously, this way of working. But there is a whole new market of people that will be interested in it that are natively digital or whatever and now that people are at home so much they you know they have more time to shop online they do and even I do and then yeah I love to I love to cook Mm -hmm. I'm into all the sensory beauties Mm -hmm. so I love to keep house and I love to cook and so yeah at the end of the day I'll start you know cooking and spending time when Ray gets home from school and then there's the fabulous homework, bath <laughs> <laughs> time, bedtime routine, wow. you know, which is, is gorgeous, but, you know, keeps you, keeps you doing that. And then usually I'll probably go back to a bit of work after he's gone to bed when everything's quiet. Otherwise I might go out for dinner and we're still allowed just about, I think, to go out with each other, me and my husband. So yeah, we tried a new restaurant the other day and things like that really excite me. And yes. um, those are the sort of things that sort of get me going. And then sometimes, you know, we're out, we're running around doing errands. and But yes, I try to formalize it into days of doing different things. So sometimes it's like more, you know, just taking photographs of the jewelry or something like that. And then because right. we work with a kind of team that different people come in and... Mm -hmm. you know, that gives you a nice discipline and routine to your day. And I think the part about making sure to get out and about a little bit and do things that create passion inside of you, you know, the Met, the Metropolitan Museum in New York, the exhibit that was supposed to happen in May. About time. And Delia is with the Met Costume Institute. So she's going to get to go soon this week to see it. But we've been waiting, you know, since May when we were in Paris They had like a press conference that we went to at the Musée d'Orsay and it was supposed to be coming out, you know, in May. But the interesting thing is I read something this morning in Women's Wear Daily where Andrew Bolton was talking about, it's almost apropos that the theme of the whole thing is time. And we have just gone through this unbelievable experience with 
time and standing still and everything that wasn't even taken into account when the exhibit was dreamed up. So I think for you, I'm sure too, as an artist, getting out and, you know, just being, having your sense, your senses um, stimulated, you know, about food and beauty. And I, I feel the same way. I feel like that's super important. I agree. And so we, we, you know, we have to do whatever we can to, to keep that energy flowing in us. And, um, but I have to say, I've spent a lot of time on my own anyway, um, all along. I think I'm kind of a little bit of a, you know, mm-hmm. homebody, a homebody. Yeah. And so I think that that part, but I do love to travel and I do miss my mother India and, you know, I do miss all the places that I like to visit and kind of get me out of the humdrum of stuff to keep me going. But I think that it was so important to have faced, you know, being at home and maybe we're running away from some of these things. Yes, I think a lot of people have had time to think and maybe face some things that they might have been running from, but Ray is the absolute cutest. (laughs) <laughs> and traveling with Ray, I love. I, it's just wonderful. Oh. So, tell us what drives you. You have had such an incredible career, worked on all sorts of creative projects and started all these companies. I think that, you know, I love to to achieve things and to make things and to see them. I'm, I'm a lover of beautiful things. And then to make them for other people gives me a huge amount of pleasure. So... I can't stop myself, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite piece of jewelry that you made? Or is that mm-hmm. in like a favorite child? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to say. Um, not really. I do it, I do it the mo- you know, like at, at the time. It's usually a new thing. Okay, we've talked about this a little bit, but as a mom, I'm always trying to, and Delia's like, your children are grown, but they really, it doesn't matter the age. You're still very much involved, you know, with your children. And, and then there's, you know, the home to keep and all of these things that we juggle. And, and my parents are older now and I'm sort of juggling that too. So what do you, how do you do this? How do you juggle, you know, the kids, the family, the travel? I know right now we're not traveling, but how do, do you just, is that a question that's really not even answerable because you just do what you have to do? Or do you feel like you have some advice for people maybe? Um, like I said, I think you have to compartmentalize and I think you have to accept, you know, that the day ends, I guess, at like for me at the moment, we don't have that much help. So, but as a team, we help each other. So my day kind of starts at eight and you know I, well, I sometimes I'm up earlier and I'm working with India and then at 3:30 I try and give that time to my son mm-hmm. so and then I get back to work a little bit later um but you know I try to be in the moment of each thing that I'm doing rather than trying to do everything at the same time so, I think that's you yeah. know other, otherwise I think you're you have that habit of being on your phone whilst you know you're trying or you should be doing the lego or you know doing whatever it is that you, you know, should be doing. So that's really true. And none of it gets done as well as it could have been if you're trying to do so many things. Any advice for how to stand out against your competition? I think being yourself Mm -hmm. is very important. I think that like, I try not to do too much online research, which sounds crazy 
But, you know, when I come up with an idea, if I'm really passionate about it, I mean, everybody has tried everything, especially now that we have such a flooded market. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you have to accept that you have a take on it. I mean, there was a time that we were all doing Arrow collections, for example. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Arrows have been around for years and you can see them depicted in all sorts of work. So if you really are passionate about doing something you can't be put off, but at the same time, I think by not looking too much at everybody else's work and comparing yourself to other people, then, you know, I think you can, you know, get away with it better. That's really smart. It helps you stay focused too, I would think. Yeah. Um, I've heard designers talk about that before that, um, you know, and it, it can be, you know, someone as successful as you, but still, these people say when I see something on Instagram that someone else is doing, I think, oh, should we be doing that? Should, you know, that kind of thing. So it's better just not even to go there. And I think that was the perfect answer. Just be yourself. You know, you're creating your vision. And that's, that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. What is your first fashion memory? Ooh. I guess my parents must have been, I guess my dad on stage must be my first fashion memories. And the tours that we went on, like in the 70, in like 77, I think it was, I think that, you know, when you realize kind of how far fashion can go, maybe, or it must have been before that. My mother, of course, was um, so unique in the way that she dressed herself. Mm-hmm. So um, they were definitely you know, part of my fashion influence and, and almost scared me to be honest, if I, if I, you know, as a kid, I mean, everybody else is so inspired, but I think I was kind of freaked out by I'm sure how crazy people could dress. <laughs> yes. And how crazy just all of the, the experience of that life could be. I'm sure. I remember seeing your father on, we were in, um, Austria for the summer in college and we went to see the Rolling Stones in Bern, Switzerland during the day outdoors. Mm-hmm. And um he had you know so much energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um I know that was I'm sure you were influenced by all of that. All right, Delia. Any advice to stay true to yourself despite what others say or assume about you? Go to therapy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think it's the same kind of thing, like you said. Don't look at what other people are doing. You do. I mean, I think the more you you imitate somebody else, and never you are you ever going to be better than that thing that you're looking at. I think you can be inspired by something, but I think that you don't want to imitate that thing, do you? I think that you want to try and find what it is that makes you happy. Wow. And sometimes for me, that's really like not wearing makeup, not being like other people and, and just having to accept that that's what makes me feel more happy and that my eyes feel gloggy and my, my feet hurt. And I'm more myself, I'm more funny if I'm more natural. Right. The more I'm trying to, you know, but I see other people who love dressing up and who that is a part of them and that that is intrinsically them. Sure. Or dressing up in the sense like, you know, those sort of things. And I think there was a time for me, but like now if we try and pretend to be somebody else, then suddenly all the funny jade kind of seems to go because I'm so busy, you know, keeping up with my, you know, my fake, my fake personality. Yes. That I can't be my real one. That's, 
That is so, so important and giving yourself the freedom to do it. Okay. Well, do you want to tell us about the different collections in your jewelry line? I've been working on um, the Zapotec collection and it was like a new collection inspired by Mexican um, ancient culture and um, they're from Oaxaca uh, where we've also been all getting interested in our mezcal. I don't know about you. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I I became kind of slightly obsessed with just solid gold jewelry because there's something so beautiful and weighty about it and it's so timeless. Yeah. And that kind of I mean mostly I'm always I'm always driven by the stones and the color, but I became like really attracted to the metal and the feeling of it and the feeling of the sort of warmth that it gives you. Um in the same way I also have with pearls. I think that they all have like a magnetic feeling but especially at this time it seems like that you know undivided stone of well it's not stone the undivided um elemental feeling of of solid gold mm-hmm. was like something i wanted to to work with um and actually now i'm launching a men's collection and we're going to have it land here next month so i'm really excited and that i have done in in sterling silver with stones set in it. And I haven't been working in silver for quite a long time because I really wanted to focus on my fine jewelry. Mm-hmm. But I did feel in the end that I have a lot of guys that buy from us and have done along the way. And they have been asking me and asking me to do more men's jewelry. So I did finally focus because I think a lot of it's unisex. So I was like, I didn't really understand why they you know, felt different about everything and so um yeah we're gonna have this new zapotec men's collection in silver because that's what they they felt like they wanted to wear silver more than gold just because of the the way it looked so that's gonna be a great opportunity to be able to shop the brand um at a more you know affordable price yeah that's wonderful And, and that's exciting for christmas that's so exciting I love this, the Sapphire Coyote cameo. It's almost like a talisman or something, I feel like. Yeah. I love love the coyotes. Yes. They're gorgeous. And I think that's fabulous. You're doing that. So the silver jewelry is for men, but could it be? um, It could be unisex. Yeah. Tell us what's next for you. Well, I think the biggest thing right now is that I've got back into the painting. So I'm really excited to see if I can keep that up alongside everything I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some beautiful new collections with a kind of pirate inspiration because I feel like the world's gone a bit sort of, you know, piratey. I feel like we're sort of, yeah, everyone's running for their own ship or whatever. and. Um, and at the same time, I feel a huge unity with everybody. So, right. yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's teaching us a lot of lessons about, you know, saving the planet and what we can do. So I think we're at a, a you know, I think we're at a juxtaposition in, in this world right now. Mm-hmm. We really are. It is, it is a remarkable it's time. To, it's time to, you know, take heed and, right. and make men's. Absolutely. And the creativity and everything that's going to come out of this time is going to be interesting as well. 
So Jade, tell us about, do you do commission with the fine jewelry too? Of course we do. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that our, our, our family, you know, our clients are like our family. So we work quite closely with them. And, you know, I do commissions and we, we even work with reworking people's jewelry and adding to it or, or using it in a way that they want. Um, you know, fine jewelry is, is very much, like I said, it's like, you know, it's like haute couture. It's, it's something that's made for you. So, you know, we're there if something goes wrong, we're there, you know, if you want to change the size or, you know, you you know, it's, it becomes a part of you and, and, um, and that has to be nurtured. So that's wonderful. Yes. And then also if someone was interested in Jay Jagger design, the design portion. So tell us where everyone can find you and the best way to shop and start working on the commissions. Um, well, the best place to shop is through our website at jjagger.co.uk and jjagger.com and online on our Instagram at jadejaggerjewelry. Um, we are trying to get enough followers there so that we can turn into a shop. And um, we do sell online at lots of other stores, so you can sort of find us there. But if you want to get directly to us, yeah, come in through our website um, or our Instagrams. Okay. Well, we encourage everyone to do that because everything that you do, Jade, is truly exquisite and extremely special. So That's so kind of you. We, we truly believe that and we think that everyone should and will check out your work. Thank you so much for your time and for being here and for everything that you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Okay. Have a great week. Okay, thank you. Alrighty, bye-bye. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about our show, subscribe to our podcast, and also scroll to the bottom and give a rating and or a review. Those are the best ways for other people to find out about our podcast. See you next time. Bye.